Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. I'm Micah Chopley. All right. I am here still in Medellin, Colombia. That's why the shows have been so irregular. Um, but I'm here in Medellin, and the last show I did was about a week ago. So I've had more experience here since to talk about and we'll also talk about other stuff that's been happening around the world which is i'm following mostly on social media now because all of my cable channels are in spanish and my tv i think is supposed to have subtitles but i can't make them work so i don't know what the hell they're saying so uh, all i see is like imagery and stuff so i don't know exactly what's going on so i get most of my information from uh from facebook and twitter and, and social media um I'm learning a little bit of, of, of Spanish, poco, poco, un poco, un poco, un poco. But, you know, it's not easy to learn the language. However, what's interesting is when you're surrounded by it, and very few people here in Medellin speak English, very few, uh, even the young people, which, in, you know, in some countries, the young people learn English, but here they, they really don't. Um, so unless they take it upon themselves. I met one young man who spoke pretty good English. And I said, well, where did you, where did you learn it? And he said, basically from watching Ellen DeGeneres, which I thought was hilarious, you know, but that's how a lot of people learn uh, the languages by, by watching shows, by watching uh, TV shows and such. Um, and so you pick it up a little bit. I went to see um, a couple of movies, uh, I'm not doing any reviews, but I did a couple of movies. I went to see The Exorcist and I went to see uh, uh, Saw 10, and I and I intend to see um, the, uh, the Killers of the Flower Moon. What's interesting is you have a couple of choices when you go to the movies here. You can either see the original English version, the actors speaking English, with uh, Spanish subtitles, which is the only one I can see. And a lot of people here choose to see that because the other version, I think, is very cheesy. And it's, you know, dubbed Spanish. So it's the Spanish you know, a voiceover people dubbing. So you hear, you know, Sylvester Stallone or, or, you know, or Tom Cruise speaking Spanish in a voice that sounds nothing like them. It's, I think it's ridiculous. I think most people really choose the subtitle version. And that because it's the only one I can see. If so, um, I saw a couple of movies that way. It's interesting because you can even learn the language that way by, by comparing, right? So the, uh, the English to the Spanish. So, uh, I'm learning more and more about the culture here. And the more I see it, the more I like it. Now, I, I think I mentioned this last week. It's easy for Americans to come here and now they're getting more and more Americans here every year. I think about a million Americans are coming to Colombia now every year to vacation. So it's easy for us, if you will, to do that because the exchange is great and everything's very cheap here. It's, everything's about a, a quarter of the price of what you'd pay in the United States, maybe even a fifth of the price that you'd pay in places like San Francisco and New York, right? So the exchange is great. You know, you get like for 100 US dollars, you get about 400,000 uh, Colombian pesos, which is, you know, a, a good amount of cash when things are so cheap. So it's easy for Americans to come here. You could actually come here with a nest egg if you're retiring and live here like a king, like a, what do you call it? Rey, rey. You could live like a king here. Um, or if you come here and you work for an American company, get paid in American dollars, you could live like a king. Or if you come here, like many tech people are, and you uh, work from home, 
my, a lot of these tech people don't have to work from an office anymore, right? So if you're a techie and you can work from anywhere on your computer, why would you pay $5,000 a month rent in New York and San Francisco when you can pay $300 a month rent here? I'm not kidding. For a decent place, 500 for a luxurious place. So why wouldn't you do that? So a lot of people are doing that now and they're living very well here. Now, the people who are from here are not living great. I mean, they, they're not unhappy. I don't want to paint this picture of unhappy people. I think they're a lot happier than Americans. My general feeling is, is they're much happier than Americans, even though they don't make a tenth of what Americans make. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. Think about that. They say money doesn't buy happiness. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but they live. Um, what's the word I want to use, sir? Neager means, which is what they need. They don't, there's no, no luxury here for them. All right. There are tons of malls. I was shocked at how many malls there are here in Medellin. There are many, and here's a, here's a key also. They're not shutting down. The one mall we have in the city of San Francisco is like a, is like a, a ghost town, right? Everything is shut down. Here, all the malls are thriving. So you're thinking, well, Mike, you're not making any sense. The people that don't make any money, how can they shop in malls in expensive stores? Well, they, they don't. They don't. I mean, there might be a select few percentage of people, small percentage of people here that make good money and do, but a lot of it is, is, is tourism. They make their money off American tourists, off of um, European tourists, and tourists from other Latin American countries where they might have more money. They come here and they go to these malls, these incredible, gigantic malls, multi-levels, five, six, seven levels, beautiful stores. First of all, very clean. No crime, no looting. I mean, you could eat off the floors in these malls. Try doing that at the Westfield Mall in a place like San Francisco. I wouldn't want to try that. And so there are all these food courts and restaurants, and there's one mall which is up on, up on the hill with a beautiful view. I actually put some videos on Twitter, a view of the entire city. It's all the way up nestled on the hill and it's a beautiful place and they have a, what do they call it? A Cinemark theater. And uh, it's just incredible. It really is. And so it's not like you don't have capitalism here. I mean, there's capitalism here, right? I mean, there's these high-end stores and malls yet, as I mentioned last week, the people's basic needs are met when it comes to dental vision, <clears throat> healthcare and drugs, right? The basic stuff is, is met. They don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about paying for a doctor. Well, they probably couldn't afford to pay for a doctor, but they don't have to worry about it anyway. They don't have to worry about hospital costs. They don't have to worry about drug costs. They get their prescription. They go to the drugstore and they get their prescription for absolutely nothing, free. Um, so the basic needs are met. So you have what you have here is a combination, I guess, of, uh, of a socialist idea, right, of the, of the, of the medical and also a uh, capitalism as well, right? So you have capitalism here. Obviously, there are stores. The stores are owned by people. The stores aren't owned by the government. That's capitalism, right? So you have capitalism, but you also have this um, uh, social safety net, right, at the same time. So let's look at Colombia as, uh, as a hybrid, right, of socialism and capitalism. And it seems to uh, work pretty well. Right. So you have this combination of socialism 
and capitalism. It's not the same as there are many people um, from Venezuela here, and they've come here for a better life because Venezuela is, a, is kind of a socialist hellhole. You know, it is. And the government's corrupt. The Maduro government's corrupt. We know all that with the Maduro and the latest election. Uh, so it's, it, they, they wanted to get away from there because they said you, the people don't even have cell phones there. They steal cell phones because they 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 they, they don't they can't afford to buy them, so it's a uh, it, it, Venezuela is not developed uh, the way the way Colombia is, and so I think there's a a problem we have in America where we lump all these uh, Latin American South American countries together. They're not all the same. Venezuela is not the same as Colombia, which is not the same as Argentina, which is not the same as Brazil, right? There's a difference. And when you talk to people here, you'll you'll realize a difference and you'll talk about the government like there's an election going on here in Colombia now. In fact, I think it's next weekend. Um, it's election for uh, governor and mayor and all the uh, local state and city elections. Right. So it's a, a lot of there's a lot of campaigning going on. <laughs> I mean, I'm walking around and people are handing me flyers. So there's that, you know, system here, which is a they, they trusted they trusted more. They trust the they probably trust their elections here in Colombia more than we trust them in, in the United States. That's also the sense I get. I don't I, I do get a sense that a lot of people think all politicians are full of shit, but I don't believe they, they think their system is corrupt here as far as the election goes. Like it's rigged for anybody. Um, and there are lots, lots of candidates, like 10, 12 candidates for a governor and mayor here. So a lot of candidates. So that's happening now while I'm here. Um, you get a sense when you talk about American politics that the people here, the outsider's point of view, is that Donald Trump is going to be president again. Now, they don't say that based on any, you know, facts or anything. It's just that it's the feeling they get because Trump gets so much national and international press, right? They've never heard of Ron DeSantis. So that's something to keep in mind, that they've never even heard of him here. Because they've heard of Donald Trump, because it's constantly Donald. Well, look, okay, Donald Trump was the president, right? So they're more likely to know the president of the United States than the governor of Florida. But uh, so, but they don't really hear of DeSantis. So they ask me, they go, "Who's going to be Trump's winning?" Right? And I say, "No, it's not going to be Trump. It's going to be DeSantis." And they said, "Who?" And I say, "Then I say, Governor Gubernador of Florida." And they go, "Oh, okay, all right, okay, Governor of Florida." But Trump has that cachet with that name recognition where when you're in another country, their perception is that he is like the head honcho, like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, Mr. America, whatever it may be. So that's their, their, their outsider's view on Trump, which is understandable because he's the name they constantly hear, right? I'm sure they hear Trump more than Biden, right? So it's like Trump, Trump, Trump. So that's, that's, that's what they think. Um, then I, I set them straight on Trump. I tell them all about him. I set them straight. And I, I think once you start talking about him, they understand. They go, oh, yeah, well, it's, you know, we know that. But it's, it's just that his name recognition is so big here. Um, other observations. You, you don't see things behind glass cases in drugstores or supermarkets. There are no glass cases. There are no buttons to push to ask someone to come for help. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. It doesn't. In fact, someone <clears throat> who lives in San Francisco, who I know, who's in Medellin now, just put up a, a video about five minutes ago on Twitter of a uh, 
of a, like a soda machine and candy machine, vending machines outside of a gas station here. Not vandalized, right? No problems, no worries about people breaking into them. So why? <laughs> Once again, I ask that question. Why in a country that's so poor, where uh, the people I've talked to make $300 US a month, maybe three or 4,000 US a year, why here isn't there the looting and the vandalism that we see in places like San Francisco and New York and, and most big cities in, in the United States? What is it? Well, I think it's a couple of things. One, it's a sense of, 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 of um, loving your country. And I truly believe that. Not in the fake phony way that some Americans like to talk about loving your country, but the real way of like not wanting to shit where you eat not wanting to shit where you live. And I think that's a big thing here where people have respect for their country. They do. They have more respect for their country, more respect for their fellow man or woman than people in the United States have. So there's that. Then there's also the fact that the police don't take any shit here, where the police take all the shit in places like San Francisco and New York because you have liberals who are yapping about how awful police are, right? So you don't have that here. You don't have the liberals yapping about how, how awful the police are. And here they take no crap. They take no crap. So, you know, the um, Brinks, the Brinks, the big trucks where they deliver the money and, and did ATMs and banks. Well, in the States, yeah, you know, they're armed, but I've never seen a Brinks guy take his gun out. Right. And here. I noticed there was a Brinks truck and it pulled up to the mall to deliver money. And one guy got out with his gun. It was a beautiful, it was like a, the old West. It was like one of those silver guns, but, but it was a silver gun, I think for a reason. So you recognize that it was a gun. It would glitter in the sunlight. He took out his silver shooter, right? His shooter gun, his handgun, and he had it out not in his holster, holding it at his side. The other guy, his fellow Brinks driver, got out, stood by the entrance of the mall with his shotgun pointed up in the air. Okay, so now are they going to kill someone who tries to steal money? Probably not. They'll definitely take them down, but they don't have to. Why don't they have to? Because no one's going to do it because it's a deterrent. No one's going to fuck with these guys. One guy with his pistola out and the other guy with the shotgun out at the entrance of the mall. And then you go into some of the touristy areas and they have, a, which looks like military, very young. They look like 18, 20, 21 year old guys, military guys standing there with shotguns. They're standing there with shotguns, protecting the people, protecting the tourists, protecting the people who are there spending money. The government takes no crap. <clears throat> period. So that's another reason why you don't have to have things behind glass cases, because the criminals don't run society here. The civilians, the law-abiding citizens run the society here. The, 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 the government, the police, they uh, run the society here. And it's not a police state. I don't want to give you that idea, but they don't take any shit. They let it known. They serve notice 
to people who might want to do bad things, that there are going to be consequences for doing those bad things. And they could be incredibly dire consequences. You've seen it in the United States where they're refilling the ATM and there's always like a guard. But usually in the United States is some schleppy looking guy standing there. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy going to do if I decide to raid this ATM, right? Well, but not here because the guy guarding the ATM was guarding it with a shotgun. Out, ready to go, locked and loaded. You ain't going to raid that ATM. You see, this is how they deal with things here. This is why the criminal element that used to be here in, 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 in big numbers with, with uh, the drug cartels are gone because they said, we're not going to take it anymore. And what happened? Now you have an influx of tourists. I feel incredibly safe here. You know, I read all these things before I came here. Sometimes you can read too much about how it could be very dangerous, but it's not. I mean, there are still elements you have to worry about, but that's in any big city. Uh, Daniel, I'll get to you in one second, but uh, I'm in an Uber. And unlike, it's interesting, in the United States, they, the Uber drivers don't want you sitting in the front seat. Here they want you sitting in the front seat, the opposite. So I'm like totally discombobulated because often when I try to get into the back seat, the driver says in Spanish, no, no, sit up front. They want you to sit up front. I don't know if that it's if it's safer for them that way or if they feel more comfortable. So I'm sitting in the front seat and I put the window down because it's warm here. And you cannot expect the Uber drivers, at least in the, the cheap Uber, the Uber X, here they call it Uber Ya, to put the air conditioning on because it, they don't have the money to do that. The Uber is very cheap, as I have told you. The average ride is 2 to $4 US. And that's for like a 15, 20 minute ride. It's dirt cheap. Plus gas is expensive, about $10 a gallon. So US, so try to add that up. The Uber rides are very cheap. So the drivers aren't making much money and their gas is expensive. So you cannot expect them to run their air conditioning. So they don't, they don't put the air conditioning on. So I, I roll the window down a little bit and I, and I put, pick up my phone to start using it. And the driver, you know, kind of puts his hand on my hand and puts me to put the phone down, put the phone down. I said, well, why? He says, well, basically they will, uh, there's a lot of motorbikes here, right? I mean, there's as many motorbikes as there are cars and they drive real fast. And he said, sometimes you'll get, you know, someone who will just, they'll, they'll put their hand in and grab your phone and it's gone. So he said, these, those, these are the little things that you have to, you have to worry about, you know, getting your cell phone stolen. So don't, don't put your cell phone near a window, open window, big fucking deal. Fine. But look, at least the Uber driver is nice enough to warn you here. They tell you about the rules here. They tell you what you should do and shouldn't do. And the people in general are very helpful when it comes to that kind of thing. So I feel very safe here. Uh, in a week and a half I've been here, I feel safer than San Francisco. I do. I feel safer than I do in San Francisco. And I'll tell you one reason why, too. On top of the police, the constant police being there, the, the security, there's not only police everywhere, there's a lot of private security, so you feel secure, but also because there are people in the streets here. Unlike San Francisco, there are no people in the streets there especially at night. Here there are people. So you, I feel more secure, you know? So it's, um, it's a learning experience when it comes to realizing that this is seen by a lot of Americans as being like a crime third world thing, right? It's not. The third world country is America. I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not using hyperbole here. The third world country right now is America, is the United States, not, not Colombia. That's for sure. I can tell you that for shit sure. This is a civilization that has its problems. It has its poverty. It has some crime. It has some homeless. But even the homeless, there are no tents. Even the homeless, you don't see them screaming in the streets. They don't get in your face. They don't scream at you. They're, they're not, they don't seem to be like schizophrenic the way the ones in San Francisco are. So mental health is better here. They don't, they don't walk around with their pants down. They don't piss and shit in the street. It's, it's a totally different thing. There is homelessness here. There's homelessness everywhere. There used to be this kind of homelessness in New York and San Francisco, and now it's like homeless on acid, right? And so it's uh, it's better here. It just, I cannot, like I said, the only thing that's worse is traffic. I mean, that's the only thing I can see that's worse right now is traffic. Traffic is really bad, mostly during the week, not the weekends. But that's what you deal with, and that's about it. And that's about the only negative thing I can say. But I don't own a car. I'm not going to drive a car. So if I'm in an Uber, I'm sitting there. I don't care. Um, it's not like, and the ride is going to be three or four dollars U.S. regardless if there's traffic or not. So it's the quality of life here is just better. Once again, it's really great quality of life if you have American dollars. Um, the people here don't make a lot of money, but they don't seem to be depressed about it. Um, everyone wants to make more money, but it's not like the I don't get the sense that people here feel that they're being held down because the salaries are low. Because you also have to remember that there's the healthcare is free and the drugs are free and the rents are much lower and the food is much cheaper. And all of that, I think, probably adds up to a happier society where they don't feel like they're being totally squeezed the way so many Americans feel like they're being totally squeezed in that what you're paying, you feel is kind of a value for what the item is, right? So if you're paying three or $4 for, for a toothpaste, you're like, okay, toothpaste probably shouldn't cost any less than that. But in, in, you know, in San Francisco, it costs 10, 12, $14. That's ridiculous. Mouthwash in San Francisco, some brands are $12. Here it's $3. So you're thinking, okay, that's worth that price. I'm not being screwed. I'm not being uh, bent over. And I think that's also part of why people are happier and not so angry. The way people are very angry in the States because you feel like you're being squeezed, you're being used and abused. And I don't get the feeling that the people here feel the same way, even though, of course, you know, the salaries are low. I met a, uh, a guy who's a, a, a pharmacist assistant, young guy, though, probably just starting out still. I don't know what the equivalent job would pay in the States, but it's a lot higher than here. He makes about 3000 a year, US. Like it was like 230 a month, I think he told me he makes, $230 a month. That's incredibly low. Obviously, a pharmacist assistant, someone who's working to be a pharmacist is gonna work, make a lot more money in the States, but they're gonna have to spend a lot more money, right? To live there. And they're gonna have to, you know, pay for other things that you don't have to, uh, the pay for here. Hey, hey, Daniel, from way across the world. How are you? Across the pond, indeed. 
<laughs> across a few ponds. Yeah. So, uh, first question: um, I noticed you, you hesitated in saying Latin America, and then said South America. Is that um, that was the term Latin America was a term that used to be used a lot? I'm just wondering: is that out of vogue now? And is it especially out of vogue uh, in South America? I don't think it's out of vogue. I think you can call it either one, right? I think you can say Latin America or South America, right? Um, I just I think the continent is South America, is it not? So I'd like to, I'd like to use that. That is to me, and I've, I've, I've often wondered where the term Latin America came from. And it just, it seems like his, orange, his origin was probably from uh, uh, Spaniards, Spanish settlers. And I would think that that might rub the uh, South Americans, indigenous people, the wrong way. You know, that, that's, that's something I should ask. I haven't even, I should ask that. I should say, do you find it's a problem when someone says Latin America? Do you prefer South America? I don't know. I should I should ask. Yeah, I was just curious because I noticed you hesitating. Um, I, 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 when you were talking about the Brinks drivers, I had a a, a vision, an image of uh, Jason Statman with a uh, a stubby smoking a stubby and mm -hmm. leaning up against the uh, the wall there with the uh, with the shotgun. Well, you and, know, I, I, I was even. Exactly. A exactly. pain in the background. <laughs> I was even intimidated to take um, like a photo. I did. I didn't want to take a photo because I was. I was like, maybe these guys won't be taking photos. Who's this moron and taking photos of of me? You know. So I didn't. I didn't even want to take a photo. Yeah. So, As wrath so. a man needs a good, bad, and the ugly is what I was envisioning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Why is this stupid American taking photos of us? I mean, I think, to, see, my feeling was, to me, it was like, I noticed it. But I, what I, looking around, I noticed that the locals didn't even pay any attention to it because it's so common to them. You know, it's so yeah, common yeah. to them to see this, that it's not a big deal for them. Yeah. I should say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm from America. I actually, I don't think I should do it. I, I think you'll advise me against it. But I want to go up to these guys and say, you know, I, I'm from America. And criminals can do whatever they want there. And I, I wonder if they know that. I don't think they do. I don't, I don't think they do. No, you should know. do. You should walk up to them and say, do you need those badges? And if, say, <laughs> and if they say, we don't need those thinking badges, you'll know how much they pay attention to American culture and American politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just don't. I, I think that uh, there's a reason why. Once again, in, in the in the quote unquote civilized wealthiest nation in the world, you have to push a button to get a a a, um, a toothpaste or mouthwash, right? Yeah. You can't just take it. You have to push a button, wait, sometimes five minutes, for someone to come because the store is understaffed, right? So you have to wait like five minutes for them to come, and you feel like an idiot, right? Then you you walk down the you know you've done it. You walk down the aisle. And you have to push another fucking button and wait another five minutes for someone else to come to get yeah, you. It's probably raisins. not even the same person, yeah. Yeah, it may or may not be the same person. But <laughs> here, there's none of that. And, and once again, in what many Americans would see and what the American government would say is like a, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like a, um, uh, a, what do you call it? Like a jungle country. They don't have to do all this stuff. It's actually civilized. You can actually go and shop. And it'll take you five minutes instead of two hours. So once again, I ask, why? I, I know this is rhetorical, Daniel, but why? Why in the wealthiest country in the world do you have to push a button 
and does everything have to be behind a glass shield? Where here you don't have to do that. Where people yeah. are actually not making any money. Yeah, um, people that are really comfortable uh, tend to create problems for themselves to disturb their comfort because comfort is boring to a lot of people. Um, these these are first world problems that we have here, and we create them for ourselves because we we've got it so damn good, and you know and, 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 and it's gotten so out of control that so damn good. Now, actually, as you said, looks like a third, third world country. And we have the power at any moment to stop making it look like a third world country. At any moment, we could do that. All we have to do as voters is say, okay, cut this shit out. And people yet aren't doing it. They're still, you know, having a, they're still having their guilt complex, first world country uh, victimization, beating themselves up. I'm putting a lot of hyphens in here. Um, mentality and they just seem to enjoy it still to some degree of many people are getting very 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 tired of it many people are getting very tired of that narcissism well i have a question about the happiness thing that you're talking about in medellin um um, is medellin as stratified um socioeconomically um socio sociologically it wouldn't it wouldn't be because everyone i'm I'm sure it's a pretty uniform demographic demographic as far as race etc um but when it comes to um, economically, are they as stratified there as we are here? Um, no. You mean as far as the more is there is it like the, the big variations in wealth yeah. here? No, no, no. My yeah. sense is that there are a very small percentage of wealthy people here. There are a very small percentage of people who make uh, the Colombian peso who who are wealthy. I, I, I don't even know if, I don't know if any of them are wealthy not compared to American standards. But yeah. um, look, there probably are jobs here, like doctor, nurse, those jobs are obviously probably going to pay this, the, the head of a company, right? If you're, if you're the head of Banco Colombia, <laughs> I'm sure you're making a ton of money. But it's a, it's, a, it's a small percentage, much, much smaller percentage. In the United States, I don't get the sense there are any millionaires or billionaires here at all. Yeah. You know, yeah, so that's, I, I don't think they even exist here. You know, I think all the millionaires and billionaires are in the States. And I think that I think there's more. Yeah, there's more of equality with the economy here. And I think that maybe that's the point you're making is that. Yes. Um, there's not that class warfare here that we have in the States. Well, there's been a lot of happiness studies over the last 15 years or so. Um and one of the things that they find out like in America, if you if you make more than seventy five thousand dollars a year, your happiness does not go up much after after that. You can make five hundred K a year and you're just as happy as when you were making seventy five K. But it does matter up to like seventy five K. And the other thing that was, that was found out when it comes to happiness and socioeconomics is that people are most unhappy when they make socioeconomic transitions. So if you're at the top of your neighborhood rung, let's say, um, you know, you're in, let's say, a lower class neighborhood and, and then you get a raise and you move to a middle class neighborhood. But now you're at the bottom of the rung in the middle class neighborhood. That's when most people are unhappy is when they transition to a new um, uh, socioeconomic status, but they're at the bottom of the rung in that in that status. Yeah, exactly. And also, when I mentioned doctors and nurses making good money here, they make probably the higher end salaries. It's nothing 
at all comparable to the United States of what doctors, you know. Yeah, it isn't most countries. Yeah, you know, once again. Even, even in that, Europe. I mean, Europe, yeah. in Europe, most, most doctors are kind of, they have equal respect with school teachers. Exactly. And that's probably just the same thing here. Right. Because once again, you have a, a system that's not about, you know, lining the, 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 the doctors and the uh, healthcare industry with, with money right there. It's, it's not about that here. It's, it's, it's a good profession. I'm sure they make a decent living, especially with things being so affordable and cheap here. I'm sure it's a very good living here, but it's not, it's because if they have a government run healthcare system, they're not going to make the kind of money that American doctors make. Um, yeah. Specialists in America make ridiculous money. Um, so uh, the sense here is that everyone's in the same, or most people are in the same boat. They're in the same boat, right? Which is that they don't make great salaries. They have to live um, very economically and they don't have high cost of living the way we do. They don't, you know, so yeah. it's it's not, it's, um, it, that's why I think the homeless, there's a homeless element here, but I think it's, it's so small. It's such a small percentage. Now, someone did tell me, so I'm walking through uh, the touristy area and in the touristy area, and from what I've seen only in like maybe a 10, 12 block, block radius in the touristy area, there are families that seem to be homeless. They're like women, they're, they're no men. It's women and children, right? It's like hmm. women who you would seem to think are mothers of these children, and they're sitting on the sidewalk, and they seem to be living there, asking people for money. In fact, the little girls go around. One little girl like was like grabbing my pants, asking me for my bottle of water, and I'm thinking, you know, to myself, come on, you can get water, you know, <laughs> go to water fountain. Yeah, water. maybe maybe the thing was grabbing your pants was to check if you got a wallet in it, <laughs> and, and then like, the pickpocket comes along after she tells the pickpocket she, like she was like two years old. Yeah, and, so the, so the two year old comes up, figures out which pocket it's in, and then that pickpocket comes in and he picks your pocket. <laughs> And here's the mean American saying, "Go away." I, you know, I mean, not, that's how those, I, that's how those pickpockets work. Yeah. They, I, anyway, but um, maybe that maybe said maybe not. It's my bottle of water. I need the want to drink it. I can't give it to you. So it was just. But what I've learned from some people, it, it, I got little mixed feelings here. Some people say that they are not actually homeless. That is that kind of their job, right? Where it's like yeah. the woman sets up shop with her kids and they get money because people feel bad for them. And that's kind of like the way they make their living. But someone else told me, and this is very interesting, I assume those women and children were Colombian. Uh, well, they are Colombian, but they're not, they're like Native American Colombians. You understand what I'm saying? They're not- they're the indigenous population. Yeah, the indigenous population. The, right, the, the, the indigenous. Right. And what so he told me was so, medic, so I'm, I'm imagining that Colombia probably uh, is racially kind of stratified. Then that that the indigenous population might live more away from the, the cities, and the um, Latinized, the, the 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 ones that bred with or crossbred, or maybe even entirely um, Spanish um, for ancestry, um, they live more in the cities. So that's my guess at the moment. Well, my sense that I got was he said that they, um, be, because 
they are uh, well, they're like our Native Americans. I mean, we've treated our Native Americans pretty shitty. In fact, I'm going to see a movie in a couple of days. It's about that, right? Kills of the Flower Moon. But I think that they also have that problem here with these Native um, are seen as outcasts. It's, it's tough for them to get jobs. Uh, it's tough for them to integrate into the society here. So there might be a good reason why they're on the streets asking for money. It's just uh, it, it's kind of in a way it's weird because it's kind of cute. Because these little girls come up and they want your bottle of water and and you're thinking, well, are they really homeless or is this just but evidently it's a combination of both. I mean, I think they're in a position where it's tough for them to get jobs here. It's tough for them to integrate into society. And so they're kind of outcasts a little bit. So there is that element, but it's not a large element, not not visibly anyway. You just go into the tourist area and you see it. So yeah. that's probably where they can make the most money. From yep. Americans and Europeans who feel bad, right? Yeah, they but, probably got a pretty good act down for doing that. Like yeah, you no, said, some some I mean, of them probably are um, poor, but some of them probably are. It's their job. Yeah, and and it's they sell it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do they, they they do it in the United States too. There used to be a, a panhandling school in um, in the Bay Area. I can't remember where it was that um, taught people how to pan panhandle. Yeah, it was like going to a Kaplan center, you know? There's a lot of, and there's, there's quite a bit of that here. There's quite a bit of people asking for money. That is like gone in, in, the, in the States now. You don't really see panhandlers in San Francisco anymore. I mean, the homeless people- well, I see them all the time on the, way, on the way to work in the morning. I see people panhandling. I, 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 I think it's really the, the, uh, not, not, not at the number it used to be. I mean, I used to see a lot yeah, more yeah, people. Yeah, I think that's probably because San Francisco just, they allow them to steal out of the, the stores so they can make money. Well, and they give them 700 a month. And then they give them money for being yeah. drug addicts. I mean, yes, that's, that's a good point. That's so a good point. so they, they, they don't have to. Um, they, can, they can live their shitty lives um, on, on the dole rather than begging and living shitty lives. So they, they choose the dole. That could be it. It could be the dole that has limited the the panhandling, you know. But I, I want to go back to the days of panhandling. I prefer that over ten cities and aggressive, psychopathic homeless people, which is what you see in, in San Francisco. Yeah, speaking of ten cities, I, I'm walking to. I'm walking home at the moment. If you're back on traffic, but I was up at the panhandle working out and. Uh, there's a lot more tents that are there on Fell Street right along the uh, panhandle as you get close to Golden Gate Park. It's um, they seem to they seem to move have moved to Van Ness and the lower Van Ness and the panhandle area after the police cracked down a couple months ago on like the Union Square area Civic Center. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what once again, I, I find it very difficult. It's, it's uh, in fact, I'm, I'm staying here another week. I'm extending my, my stay another week because it's so affordable to do so. And also because I'm, I'm having a tough time wrapping my mind around going back to San yeah. Francisco after, you know, I, I might not have a, as difficult a time if I lived in a, a red state, if I lived in Florida, yeah. you know, I would say, okay, I'd rather be here, but okay, it's not the end of the world. But I, it, 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 it's very difficult to go back to a city that's dirty, that's crime-ridden, that is uh, run by the thieves, that has corrupt politicians, 
that has extreme wealth and extreme poverty and very little in between and that's just so unaffordable to live in i mean when you when you start paying daniel when you start paying these prices i went into a, a restaurant with a friend yesterday and this is in the tourist area so these prices are higher than in the other parts of the city and we ordered it was first of all it was a hamburger called the americana of course i ordered the americana but he told me it was the best hamburger they have and it's one of the best burgers i've ever eaten so it was two huge gourmet burgers it was a appetizer of mozzarella sticks it was a large bottle of uh, of water um it was two heineken beers and and on top of that you got a dessert and the entire bill was 25 us okay my question is how did you eat two burgers Sorry, i told you i was beers. there with a friend it was a prefix for two people it was a dinner for two people it was a dinner for two people that was 25 bucks. okay okay I, I well i've seen you eat before so no all that food and the burgers were huge and it was literally i i just ate one of the best hamburgers which is supposedly an american food in colombia yeah. that i've never had and so when you start paying these prices for things i just i had a a whole pizza speaking of the fat bastard i i've become i had a whole margarita pizza and it was equivalent of five bucks us so when you start paying these prices you think what the fuck i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna have yeah. to start paying these ridiculous prices for things i mean like i say a, a tube of toothpaste is a quarter of the price uh everything's a quarter of the price and then you say why why am i going to spend yeah. my money coming coming home must feel feel especially odd given that for most of your upbringing i'm sure you like like i was taught that you know south america in many parts of it was more or less like a third world country you go there you find out different and that I'm living in the third has world got country. to has got to change your perspective on the US <laughs> and makes it worse. I'm yeah, living exactly. in the third world country. I hate I hate the fucking slimy hair gel king even more now. I hate him even more after being here because he's selling he's selling snake oil is what he's doing. And the people there believe it. He's selling snake oil. And and he's telling people we saw this during COVID, Daniel. Oh, don't go to Florida. Everyone's dying there. No, no. They didn't want you to go to Florida because they didn't want you to see how great it was without all those ridiculous mandates and regulations. And so the same thing with the United States when it comes to countries like Colombia. They'll put up these alerts. Oh, don't go. Dangerous. Because they don't want you to see it's better here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm, point, what I'm pointing out there is there's this um, cognitive dissonance, I imagine, when you're in a country like that, that you probably had some incorrect um, uh, um, preconceptions about and you go there and you find out differently that's got to accentuate that this feeling of of uh, return of, of ambivalence about returning and just just a more of a hatred for the way things are run in our country when it doesn't have to be when yeah. you it doesn't have to be when a country that's not wealthy like this one can do things in a much better way in so many aspects of life there's no reason why the United States can't do that. But there is something that holds the United States back. And it's more than one thing. It's it's greed. 
It's uh, it's corporate capitalism, crony capitalism. It's the it's the uh, unwillingness of the liberals to buck up and be tough on crime. It's a lot of things. There are a lot of elements in the it's, United States know, that prevent it from being what it can be. Maybe you can summarize it by saying in wealthy countries, people can afford to have ideologies. Okay, you just brought that up. This is great because, see, this is something else that's making me hate people in America even more. So I'm watching. There was a video on uh, on Twitter of these. The, I think you saw it. I shared it with you, I think. These two girls who were going around ripping down the posters in, I believe it was New York, of yeah, the yeah. people that Hamas, the, 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 uh, yeah. the Hamas have taken. The pink hair. <laughs> yes, the pink hair girls. The only thing that shocked me is they weren't wearing masks. I thought they'd definitely be wearing masks, but they weren't. Um, but they had pink hair, and they were going around and they were ripping down these these uh, posters of the, uh, of the of the of the uh, people that Hamas had taken prisoner, right? Had kidnapped <clears throat> um, to show their alliance with Hamas. Their alliance. And I'm thinking to myself, these fucking bitches. Let me tell you something. These fucking elitist liberals who don't realize how good they have it. People in other countries, and and they they do these things that once again it just accentuates their their sense of of uh, of uh, what's the word I'm looking privilege their sense of privilege and their liberal elitism, and you have people here who appreciate everything, they appreciate everything that they're given, they really do. Uh, if you if you give them two bucks, they appreciate. If you buy them a meal, they appreciate. They appreciate everything. And and they have this view of Americans. Did you go off the caller queue? Let's see. I think you did. Daniel, you're back. You were there. But they have this also vision, this idea of Americans here. A lot of people here have this idea of Americans as like, that's the ideal life. I've heard that from more than one person. Why would you want to move here when you're a citizen of there? And I... Once again, the, it's tough because of the translation, the language barrier for me to really convey my feelings. But I, I try to get it across by saying things like, well, you see those drugs that you're getting for free? We pay $700. And they go, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that doctor you see for free? That's a $2,000 visit for us. You know that when you were in the hospital last week for nothing, that's a $100,000 bill for us. And then I try to you you kind of see the bulb go, light bulb going off that it's the opposite daniel we're we're fed crap about here but they're also fed crap about us yeah in the opposite way they think yeah. that we live like in this promised land and i have to say no we don't yes there are incredibly wealthy people but we're never going to be that most of us are never going to be that so that it's it's um it's kind of like shattering to them when i tell them they can't believe these things. Yeah. They don't know that rent is $5,000 a U.S. in New York and San Francisco. But they don't know that. I tell them that and they go, what? Why would people pay that much? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Why would people pay that much? So it makes me even angry at these liberal elitists. They have such fucking sheltered lives. They get everything they want. They get everything given to them in life. And then you have people here who make nothing who appreciate everything. And it makes me despise the liberal scum even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, how does, uh, 
religion integrate into most people's lives in, in uh, Medellin? Do you see a lot of, um, is there, what do you, what do you think the church going percentage of, of their population is? Okay. It's incredibly religious here, but unlike in America, they don't shove it down your throat. They don't think you're a bad person for not believing what they believe. They don't flaunt it. I went into a mall this past Sunday and I walked in about noon and there was a church service in the mall, in the mall. They had like a hundred seats set up and it was mostly middle to older people, middle, middle-aged older people sitting there. And there was like a gorgeous, it looked like it was a church. They had the altar set up with the altar boys and they had the, the, the priest and perfectly beautifully dressed. He looked like the Pope and he was singing and they were just having a grand old time. And I'm thinking, well, here it is. You can go into the mall and go into a church service if you want. So they're very religious, but they don't, it's, here's the thing. My friend from New York pinned it down when I told him about this. He said, the people here are truly religious, religious. They truly believe they're not Donald Trump's pretending to be religious when he doesn't even know one passage from the Bible because he's full of shit. So they're truly religious here in the way that they care about each other. Unlike a lot of people in the States who are religious, who just are vile people who hate others. And that's the difference is that I think they are truly religious here in the United States. It's like a, uh, it's a virtue signal for some people to say that they're religious. Yeah, the, the reason I, I reason, reason I ask about religion is because there's been um, quite a few studies that show when people uh, immigrate legally or illegally from South America, Mexico uh, to the United States, within one generation, they pick up the same demographic distributions with respect to uh, um, religious practices, you know, across so. Across Christian religions, they, they, they split into Catholics and Protestants in sort of the same ratios that everyone else does. And they are theist versus non-theist in the same ratios. It only takes one generation from, for that to all flip. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very- and it's, a lot of it has to do with what you were just talking about, um, community. You, you said that, that they seem to actually uh, truly care. Um, and, and practice their religion. And, and, and to me, that that's, says more something about community than religion. And if you have a homogeneous, you know, a socio, socioeconomically homogeneous society, that's, it makes it so much easier to care. And if you have a society that isn't so fractured by ideologies, it's not so rich that it can f- afford ideologies, um, then it's it's natural for people um, to be able to care. They they aren't they aren't fractured. They don't have um, roadblocks of ideology in their way that they must surmount to get to the caring part. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, that's that's the sense that I that I get here. I think there's a lot of vitriol in the United States because of the extreme disparity economically. There really is. And of course, people living on top of each other who are very wealthy and very poor, right? I mean, San Francisco is a great example of that, right? You have people living high above everyone else in luxury skyscrapers where the people just below them are living in tents, right? Yeah, so yeah. you have that incredible so, dichotomy. 
you know, there in, in the United States of, of this of the income inequality. I mean, within a few feet of each other here, you don't have that, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't get that feeling, even though there are plenty of, like I said, most of these Airbnbs are in these high rise buildings, but they're so affordable that, you know, the people here are not paying big rent. They're buying these properties at dirt cheap value. So it's still even the people living in the nice condo buildings are not like the people in San Francisco. They're not. They're real people. They're not incredibly wealthy. They they're people who maybe have put some money away or they have a decent job or, you know, a foreigner who comes here and buys an apartment or two and puts it on Airbnb, whatever it may be. But, you know, that there's just not that such great uh, disparity of income that creates the class warfare and the hatred for other people. And I think that's a lot of where we're seeing San Francisco, right? Where the people on the streets are, have a true hatred of a lot of other, of, of, of the wealthy people there, you know, and that causes crime and that causes, you know, uh, robbing stores, looting, all that stuff, uh, violent crimes. Uh, it's just a, it look, it's, uh, I don't, I don't see, especially being here for a while, I don't know how the United States comes back. I don't know. I, I can't see how San Francisco comes back. I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't. Yeah, you know, it looks glad, like. A... You know, I, I just don't. I, I can't see how San Francisco becomes Medellin. I can't see how San Francisco can do what Medellin did and says, "Look, we are just not going to take this shit anymore. We're not going to take it. We're going to come yeah. down on." I know the income issues is is greater than just San Francisco. And that's complex and it's not easy to, to deal with. But when it comes to crime, you can do what they do here. The government can come in, both to the police department, put more money into it and say, look, we're not going to take this shit anymore. And we're going to serve the criminals notice that they're not wanted here. And if they stay here, we're going to make their lives incredibly uncomfortable. That's something they can do. They have the resources. They have more money and resources in San Francisco and in U.S. cities than they'd ever have here. And they don't do it. And I think that is because the politicians are full of shit and the liberals don't have the spine for it. Well, we're such a, such a fractionated society, too. So it's easy to, cur- to create tensions and, and get people to disagree on, any, on anything just because of this tribal affiliations. And, and in a place that's as homogeneous as Medellin, you don't have that sort of tribal affiliation. I bet you there's tension when you go from the cities to p- places where there's a a more a more density of uh, indigenous population. And by the way, what, what do you think the um, population density of Medellin is? Like San Francisco, if I remember correctly, is like 19,000 per square mile or something like that. This is pretty dense. I mean, it's not a big uh, area geographically. I mean, it's nestled within a mountain, so you can only go so far out. So it's all nestled. That's what makes it so beautiful, is that the downtown area is about 5,000 feet but if you just go a little bit outside the downtown area, you go up to six, 7,000 feet. So it's nestled in the mountains around it. So it's beautiful. A city in the mountains, but it's, you can only go so far, right? Because you're surrounded by mountains. So it's pretty dense here. It really is. And it's 4 million people. So what's that? Six wow. times the size of San Francisco, right? Six times bigger. 4 million. It's probably, it's probably more dense. It's probably considerably more dense. Than, than San wow. Francisco. I mean, the geographic That's- area is bigger than San Francisco, right? San Francisco is a very narrow thing, yeah. a very narrow landmass, but it's not 
that's spread out. I mean, this is not like Phoenix or LA, you know, so it's, it's pretty dense, but you don't get the feeling that everyone's on top of each other in most areas. In some areas, there are uh, areas. I, I went to, I want to talk about, it. I went to a, a place called Comuna 13, and this was Pablo Escobar's, uh, you know, uh, his, his home. And this is an area, I took some videos and put it on Twitter, where the homes are right on top of each other. They're very old, like brick homes, and they're built like, you really have to, if you have a problem with your neighbor, you're in trouble. So you, they're, they're right on top of each other. And that's incredibly dense. People living right on top of each other with very narrow streets, very narrow walkways. It's a very interesting area. And uh, it was run by Pablo Escobar. And when you go there, I said to my friend, oh, you could see why. A lot of places for him to hide here. It'll be tough to find him. and uh, But they did eventually. And now they've turned it into this big tourist area. So it's like where tourists go and they, they've built escalators because it runs up the mountain. The homes run up the mountain and the escalators run up the mountain. So you take these escalators and people have shops and restaurants and they're selling t-shirts and hats and all that stuff. And of course, kids are running around asking for money, but it's, um, it's a tourist area now. And it's, it's a, an incredibly unique, uh, society i i've never seen anywhere else i can't imagine ever seeing it again it's 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 an amazing place anyone who comes to medellin has to go to Camino 13. and so i spent the day there and uh that's where they had the military guys with rifles you know guarding everybody because there's still a criminal element they tell you you don't want to be there at night which is probably true um very it's kind of the, the lower income i guess area although i was told by a local that they have cable and they have Wi-Fi and they have all the stuff. So it's not quite as you look at it, you go, oh, God, these people look like they're living in poverty. But in a way, it, it, they're not. You know, they have the uh, uh, what do you call it? The creature comforts that a lot of other people have. They just don't live in very luxurious you know, yeah. surroundings. Um, yeah. So. They're kind of like uh, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you could, you probably like it there. You know, you would love. Yeah, they have I, a lot of these outdoor parks where you can work out. You would love I it here. A, yeah, I live in a little studio apartment, and I and I like it because I'm rarely here. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, would not spend any more on an apartment because I don't spend much time in it. <laughs> another point: people spend a lot more time outdoors here than in in San Francisco uh, states. A lot more time outdoors, and let me, the people I feel. When I'm in San Francisco, I feel pretty good. I'm like, oh, I'm in pretty good shape here. No, I feel like fucking Chris Christie. <laughs> I feel like Chris Christie. They are all in great shape here. They're either very skinny, a lot of the, a lot of them are very skinny, or they're just, you know, really well built. They're not, they're healthy people here. You get the sense yeah. that they're healthier. They're clean, they're healthy, they're happier. Um, and another thing is that, I think that that lends itself to a just a cleaner society in general, but the food here and it's happening again. I'm eating and I'm losing weight, and this happens every time I leave the United States. When I went to Europe, I ate and I lost weight. I know I'm walking more; that's part of it. But the food is so much more natural with fewer preservatives that I it's healthier for you. So they eat healthier here. They, they walk around, they do outdoor activities. There are tons of parks. That's why I said you'd like it. Tons of parks, outdoor places to work out with, with the workout equipment and such. 
Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a more of an outdoor society. I, I get the sense that even the kids here don't sit inside playing video games and spend time online the way they do in the States. So it's just a healthier society. People are outside gathering and talking and, and drinking and, and talking to each other and eating outdoors. So it's a, it's, 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 it's much healthier. It just feels, it feels healthy. You know what it sounds like? You know, you got malls, you got your deodorant isn't locked down in Walgreens. Um, it's a healthier environment. This, this sounds like uh, mid, mid to late 70, 70s United States. Bingo. That's what I thought. This, this feels like the United States 50 years ago. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like the United States 50 years ago when uh, before all this, you know, tech stuff and before people thought I, I see kids playing in the streets. So that reminded me of the United States in the 70s and 80s when I was a kid. When, when kids oh, yeah. would play outdoors. So I see kids playing outdoors. You don't see kids playing outdoors in the States anymore. It's very rare. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah no, you know, obesity. Obesity no. in the 1970s was no. probably somewhere around, I don't know, in the States, someplace between 5 and 10%. Which is probably most. where it is here. I'm guessing it's a single digits here. It has to be. Which is, why, which is why they can afford. Um, their health care there because they are paying, there you go. Because they're, they're not paying for insulin, which chews up, you know, like 65% of the total uh, uh, prescription uh, drug ex- expenditures for Medicare in this country. Yet there's a cafe on every corner with coffee and pastries. <laughs> so for the, yeah, for because, them, because, because they're, work. because they're not working. They're, they're doing real jobs or they're burning off the fat. They're, they're living the, the life human beings evolved to live. Um, <laughs> We're, we're, we're trying to, to catch up, um, and, we, and we will never do it. We, 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 our, our, yeah, I don't want to get too far into evolution, but it just it sounds too it sounds like a very interesting place. It sounds like a flashback to the 1970s, which is a pretty darn good thing. So, what am I missing in in the states? What am I missing? Is, that, is there something on? What's going yeah, on there? You're, miss, you're missing uh, the COVID hysteria is now being replaced by Middle East hysteria, and it really. Oh. Every, revolted by the whole thing. I mean, I mean I'm most revolted by it when I, when I see people on, uh, on X um, getting all worked up and hysterical, but able to withstand and resist the um, COVID hysteria. On one side or the other over the Middle East thing. And it's to me, I'm just going, Jesus Christ. I, I, of, of all people, didn't you learn that the mercenary media is not your friend and they're there to provoke hysteria? Because in this case, um, I mean, we know we, we knew who's benefiting in COVID. I mean, a lot of benefic- beneficiaries, but certainly a pharmaceutical industry. Well, here you got the uh, the, the old standby, the, the uh, military industrial complex. And, and people are, are still falling for it. I mean, the, the, those people that risk their lives in, in some sense to resist the, the COVID hysteria are getting on bandwagon on one side or the other and just being hysterical. And it, it's, I just step back from the whole thing and I just go, my God, have you learned nothing over the last three to four years? That's shocking. Well, I, I've seen on, on Twitter, I've seen the, yeah. the hysteria around. I know that, Two things that are going on right now are the, uh, of course, the Israel Hamas thing, but also the uh, Speaker of the House, the Republican. I know. Yeah, also, I don't see much hysteria. I see a lot of hand hand wringing. I don't see much hysteria there. Well, I keep on seeing that 
it was uh, Jim Jordan who's trying and he's failing and they don't know if he yeah. can get the votes and they're looking to find out. But that's a whole, this is a, it's, it's once again, that's another reason why you don't want to go back there. The, the United States is a mess. I mean, the Democratic yeah, Party is a mess. Yeah, the Republican yeah. Party is a mess. Everything's a fucking mess. You know, you have. And, every, and everyone says, pick a side, pick a side on every freaking thing. No, it's, it's, it's. It, it's a it's a it's a disaster. It really is. I mean, it's it it's it, it's amazing to me. Once again, I see a lot of the politicians because we're in an election season here, running here, and many of them are. I mean, they're young to middle aged. You know, I mean, they're like really young, like maybe thirty to like sixty. Right, the candidates are like thirty to sixty here. Sixty is like old. And look at what we have. In the You're United telling States. me, <laughs> <laughs> right? So you, yeah, they, Daniel. If you were running here for office, you'd be one of the old. I'm sorry, you'd be. This is not the United States. You, you'd be like. See, that's it. You'd be like the youngest candidate in the United States, yeah. but you'd be the oldest candidate here. So it's embarrassing to watch our country. Whereas if Biden and Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump, two two eighty year olds who are losing it. And it's it's it, to me it's embarrassing, it's truly embarrassing that Americans have done this to themselves, but they have, Americans have done this to themselves, and that's the problem. You know, I can go back there, and I know there are DeSantis people, there are RFK people, but if you combine, I thought about that today, thinking about these things. Like, if you combine, even Florida, Florida's a great place. If I if I have to live in the United States, which I hope I don't, it'll be Florida, but. Even Florida, if you add up all the Biden supporters and all the Trump supporters, it's probably more than 50 percent. It's the majority of people. So you're surrounded by nuts on both sides. It's terrible. I mean, I, I just don't I, I don't know. I, I can't see the United States coming back. It's just it, it seems to be getting worse. It's getting worse, not better. What, what time of the day is it there? It's a well, OK, so. Columbia normally, because it's simply directly, it's like directly south of Florida, is in the eastern time zone. But they don't do the stupid clock change thing here. So during standard time, it's eastern time zone. But now, well, it's almost ending, I guess, in a week. But right now, in daylight time, when we change the clocks, it aligns with the central time zone. So the, the answer is it's central time zone right now. So it's five after midnight. Yeah, so that's yeah. In a couple in a week, when we go back to to standard time, it'll align with Eastern uh, time zone again. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, you're missing some of the best weather San Francisco has had this this week for over a year and a half. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not yeah, super hot like it was um, like uh, two or three weeks ago. Oh, just when I when I left a week and a half ago, it was like ninety. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It's it's been beautiful, like um, high sixties, low seventies, with the with the wind not not kicking up. Um, it's well, no Francisco wind. I, I can't complain about Medellin weather. I mean, it's uh, yeah, bitch, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's basically high seventies, low eighties. Uh, it doesn't have the extreme heat or humidity that Florida has. Remember, it's it's in the mountains and it's inland, so it's not by the water. So it, it's got moderate humidity, and at night, because it's in the mountains, it cools down to about the low 60s. So it's it's actually perfect weather. You never need a coat, but you never feel like you're like sweating to death either. So it's it's really perfect weather. 
It's really mm. nice. Yeah, well, it sounds like a great place to visit. Maybe someday. Well, if you would actually travel, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, you, I'm, I'm not a big traveler. Yeah. I mean, you know, to you, San Diego is a big trip. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole other world. Look, down if you're going to travel, do it right. Really travel. You know, get out of the United States, go somewhere different. Look, I, in a way, this is still a little, you know, secret gem, Medine. A lot of Americans still don't know about it yet. I want to keep it that way, I think. I want this to become Americanized. The prices go through the roof. I, I was talking to an American guy a couple of days ago who said he usually goes to San Jose, Costa Rica, and Americans have kind of taken over Costa Rica, and the prices have gone up because of that. I don't want that to happen here. I don't, I don't want it to happen here. I think it should be a moderate amount of tourism that helps the businesses here, but I don't want fucking Americans coming here and fucking ruining it and, make, and diseasing, spreading their American disease. So... I don't want, you know, there's some asshole on Twitter. So I was writing about how I'd like to move here. And so this is moron on Twitter, uniquely American comment saying, well, if you're going to leave the United States, you better renounce your American citizenry. Wait a minute. So <laughs> wait a minute. So part of freedom isn't living anywhere you want in the world. Wait a minute. You have to live in the United States. And if you decide to be an expat and live outside the United States, you have to denounce your American citizen. Does anybody in any other country have that fucking ridiculous point of view? Uh, that is, yeah. You should people. denounce. I have to give up my American citizenship if I don't want to live there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't put ketchup and mustard on your burger, too, you probably have to renounce here. That's a uniquely American view of freedom. You can only live here. You can't live anywhere. It's a really small world. The United States is the world. That's it. Nothing else, nothing else exists. <laughs> you don't have the you have the freedom to move around. You have the freedom to live in Seattle or Florida, but you don't have the freedom to live anywhere outside of the country. It's so yeah, 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 it's yeah, the yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to go back to. No one yeah. in Colombia would tell a Colombian citizen who wants to live in Venezuela or the United States they have denounced. They renounced or denounced their Colombian citizens. No one would think that here. No one would think well, that here. We're, we're, we're both we're both thinking of renouncing our San Francisco citizenship. <laughs> yeah, denouncing and renouncing and stomping on. I don't care. I'd rather that 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 doesn't matter to me, you know. But um, I don't know. Dan. It's 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 the grass is greener on the other side. I can tell you that for sure. It is. And look. Um, well, there's, the, there's a lot of grass in San Francisco, especially when you get on BART. You can smell it everywhere. Okay. The, the mass transit system here is insanely good. First of all, it's cheap. Each ride is about the equivalent of a buck, less than a buck, U.S. money. Okay. And it is a in, in integrated system of trams, light rail, buses, and aerial gondolas. I mean, I went on the aerial gondola the other day, and there's about five lines because, once again, there's a lot of stuff built up into the mountains and elevation here. So in order to get there, you need to take the gondola if you live there. So it's, it's insane. It's all part of the same system, a tram that goes into a, a, a light rail that becomes a gondola, and it's about 10 different lines, about 10 separate lines, 
and it's just beautiful. It was built in 1995. It's like the jewel of Colombia as far as the mass transit system goes. It's even better. It's the best in Colombia. It's amazing. And think about this. So when you go on that gondola, it holds about eight to 10 people, right? Now here, eight to 10 people can get on the gondola. If this was the United States, it would hold three people. <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, oh, you couldn't fit eight to 10. Uh, once again, I think I was the biggest person on the gondola, but you're in a, in a gondola, like you're in a ski slope. So it's small, right? Would that work in New York or San Francisco? Never. Imagine being stuck in a gondola high above the city in a in a in a in a enclosed car. What could happen to you yeah, in with the, New York, San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine people fighting yeah. on that fucking thing, and the thing is swinging back and forth. No, but here people don't do that. They're very respectful. I felt, you know, I'm, I'm the stupid American. I've got my fucking camera out. I'm like, oh my God, look at this gondola. Oh my, how high up we are. And, <laughs> and the guy next to me, who luckily spoke a little bit of English, said, well, when you live here, you get used to it. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I'm, the, I'm the moron visitor yeah. taking photos, videos, and everyone's thinking, what's the big deal? <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it was amazing to have a mass transit. I've never seen a mass transit system with, with a gondola system. I've never seen that before. You know, it's it's very unique. I'm sure most places don't have that. I mean, New York has the one thing, yeah. like the Roosevelt Island. But, yeah. you know, it's just... Maybe Aspen, it's a, it's Colorado is the closest <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah, Aspen, Colorado. Yeah. But a mass transit system yeah. of 4 million people where they have gondola lines is just... A, Stunning and brilliant architectural design. So, look, I, I'm, I'm trying to find negative things here. All I can think of is the traffic, and that's it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some local people who's like, oh, Mike, you, there are elements you haven't seen yet, but sure, I'm sure. But I'm trying to get everywhere. I'm trying to get out of the tourist areas. You know, I'm actually going to stay an extra week, and I'm I'm, I'm moving Airbnb to a different side of town so I can see the, a different side of town. So I'm, I'm trying to get a good perspective of, of all different areas and uh, go outside the, the, the comfort zone of the tourist areas, you know. So, yeah. Well, sounds like a lovely trip. Um, um, I, I've got to get off the phone and, and get to sleep, but um, you have a great, great another week there. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so that's, you know, like I said, I haven't been following stuff in the States enough to really talk about it, but I know the Republicans are in disarray. It's a disaster. I gave them a pass at the beginning when McCarthy, remember, it took an extra week and I said, all right, you know, they want to do the system, play it out, fine. But for this to happen is ridiculous. I mean, the guy was Speaker of the House for, what, six, seven months, and now they're it's it's a disaster, and the Democrats we know have been a disaster, and everything is a disaster. And who wants to go back to that? I don't know. I don't know. Anybody out there want to send me a million U.S.? I won't have to come back. I tell you what: if you send me a million U.S., I don't even need a million. Why are you being so greedy? A hundred thousand. Send me a hundred thousand U.S., and I promise I'll constantly do shows to to highlight life here and to expose how great it is here compared to the United States of America. I will, I will constantly report on life here. 
That's what I'll do for your for your hundred thousand US. Anybody want to do that? Hello? Anybody there? Hello? Hello? This thing on? Okay. Um, is there anything else I wanted to wrap up with? Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else? No, I'm soccer's on the TV all the time here, so I'm not even watching the uh, baseball playoffs. It's like the first time in my life I'm not watching the baseball playoffs. Soccer's everywhere you go. There's another soccer game. I mean, I, it's constant. It's like obviously football is the thing here. That's their sport. So it's it's interesting. Speaking of like Latin American countries or whatever you want to call them, it's amazing how some of them, baseball is really huge, right? Cuba, Dominican Republic. There are tons of professional baseball players from uh, San Pedro de Macorís, the Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico and Cuba. But when you get to South America, nada, forget it. They don't care about baseball much here at all. So it's interesting. Someone can maybe, I don't know enough about that. Who was the one that writes, who the, Ken Burns. Maybe Ken Burns can inform us about that. Because I don't, you get, some Latin American countries, baseball is the sport here. And in most countries here, in South America, it's, it's uh, not. It's soccer, right? So interesting. Interesting how that works. Um, okay, I think that's it. I want to just report to you from here. Reporting from the front lines. Reporting from the front lines. This is Mike Chapley, embedded in Medellin, Colombia. Medellin, Colombia is actually the way you should say it. Just don't say Medellin. Come on now. Medellin or Medellin, Colombia is, uh, is um, an interesting place. An interesting place. A lot of energy, good nightlife. I'm not a nightlife person, but if you're a bar and light club, nightclub kind of person, this is the place to be. I can't think of any place in the U.S. I can't. Vegas, maybe? That's about it. But that's so fake. This is more real. Vegas is fake. This is real life. This is not a resort. I've said it before. This is a city of 4 million people, and it's not a resort. It's a real place. Okay. Um, DeSantis and Trump. Well, what's going on, DeSantis? We DeSantis continues to shoot up, continues to say the right things. Everyone else follows, it seems. Huh? He'll say something, and a week later, this reminds me of uh, Bernie Sanders, right? He would say something, and a week or two later, Hillary would repeat it, or Biden would then repeat it. So you get DeSantis who is uh, saying the right things and leading, and then everyone else, like Trump, a week or two later, pretty much mimics what Ron DeSantis is saying. Because they know he's the guy. They know he's got the right ideas. They know he's the, he's the one. He's, if, you, if you can't see that he would be a great president, if you cannot see that he would be a million times better than Joe Biden part two, Joe Biden part two or Donald Trump, then there's something wrong with you. And unfortunately, there's something wrong with a lot of Americans, which is why I would love to stay here. All right. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll do another show or two from here. I have to decide exactly when, but, you know, I'll be on. And if you don't hear it live, you can always listen to the replay of the show. Okay. 
Well, the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard. And I have been live from Medellin, Colombia. And this is Mike Cachopoli. And I want to remind you, until the next time, until the next time, I want to remind you that your influence counts. Use it.